Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we got some news to go over this week including box office numbers, how much actors are being paid for upcoming films, and some streaming updates. Let's start with the weekend top five. Staying in first place is Thor Love and Thunder with 46 million for a total of 233.2 million. Staying in second place is Minions The Rise of Gru with 26 million for a total of 262.5 million. Opening in third place from Sony was Where the Crawdads Sing with 17 million. In fourth place was Top Gun Maverick with 12 million for a total of 617.9 million. Fifth place was Elvis with 7.6 million for a total of 106.2 million. Also opening in sixth place was Pause of Fury with 6.2 million. So let's start with Thor, which had a drop of 68% from its opening weekend. As we have seen from the superhero films of the past year, this seems to be the standard of a drop between 65 to 70% from opening weekend. And with the weak word of mouth, Thor was not an exception. We will need to see now if it can stabilize for the rest of its run, but it's clear it will not beat Doctor Strange both domestically and worldwide. Minions is still doing solid and should finish around $350 million. For Sony, where the crawdad sing was a decent opening for being what looks like to be a drama based off of a book. If it can leg it out to at least $50 million domestic finish, that I think would be solid. Elvis has finally passed $100 million domestic, which was expected. As for Paramount, it finally took them until July to have a disappointment at the box office with Paws of Fury. The good news? is the budget for the film was around $45 million, so it won't be that much of a loss, but still, the fact that it couldn't even open in the top five, it ain't great. Still, Top Gun Maverick is covering the difference ten times over. Uh, next week will be interesting with Jordan Peele's latest movie, Nope, coming up. Moving up to first place in China after opening in second last weekend is Detectives vs. Sleuths, which made $18.2 million for a total of $58.4 million. Opening in second place is Mozart from Space, which made $16.6 million. Third place was Lighting Up the Stars, with another $16.2 million, for a total of $210 million. Fourth place was Jurassic World Dominion, with $2.9 million, for a total now of $151 million. And lastly, in fifth place was Octonauts, The Cave of Sacton, with $1.5 million, for a total of $8.5 million. A great weekend for Detectives vs. Sleuths, which is having solid word-of-mouth right now. As for Hollywood films, Jurassic World has clearly run its course in the country to, I think, overall, uh, very successful. Uh, now we do wait for bigger Chinese films to release, and of course, what Hollywood films will come out next. Now looking at international numbers, Thor Love and Thunder made $60.1 million for a worldwide total now of $498 million. Minions The Rise of Gru made $44.4 million for a worldwide total of $532.7 million. Jurassic World Dominion is now at $902.5 million after making $8.4 million over the weekend. The Black Phone made $3.3 million for a total of $114.6 million. Top Gun Maverick is still making cash, earning $19.2 million for a total now of $1.24 billion. And finally, Lightyear is now at $213 million worldwide. Moving over to news in Hollywood, we take a look at release dates where Sony has announced a new film for next summer. 
It's an R-rated comedy called No Hard Feelings, which stars Jennifer Lawrence and will come out June 16th of next year. This is a film Sony bought and right now will open up the same weekend as Pixar's film Elemental. It's good to see Jennifer Lawrence getting back into doing more films. As for if this will be any good, eh, maybe. From Disney, Searchlight Pictures has announced another film set for theatrical release. Empire of Light, which is Sam Mendes' latest film, is a romance film set in the 1980s with the English coastal area as the setting. The cast includes Colin Firth, Olivia Colman, Toby Jones, and Sarah Stewart. As for when it will actually come out, well, it will be released December 9th. Clearly, Searchlight is setting it up for a possible awards run, and based on the cast and plot of the film, it very much could make a run. Romance movies are not really my thing, but Sam Mendes is a great director, so I'm looking forward to watching it. Finally, for news in Hollywood, Variety put in the work for this article, and that is what some Hollywood stars are getting for their upcoming films. I'll put a link to the article in the show notes, but some of the ones that stand out to me are Joaquin Phoenix getting $20 million for Joker 2, if he agrees to sign on, and Eddie Murphy getting $15 million for Beverly Hills Cop 4. I thought that one was interesting because the movie has been stuck in developmental hell for years. Now, apparently it will start filming this year for Netflix, but we're looking at a 2023 release minimum. Now, for a lot of the actors in films getting theatrical releases, their salary doesn't show the whole story, as some will get bonuses based on how it does at the box office. It's been known for a while now for streaming services. If you want the stars, you have to pay more up front, because that's all they're going to get from the movie. As even if it was released in theaters, it would likely be a limited release. From Variety... From what Variety has put together, that seems to be the case. Apple is definitely shelling out the big bucks, paying Will Smith $35 million and Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt $30 million each for their films. Even Netflix is having to still pay up, with Chris Hemsworth getting $20 million to come back for Extraction 2. Another thing to keep in mind is with some companies tightening their belts, Netflix and Warner Brothers, Will others, aka Apple and Amazon, who have money to spend, be able to buy more and more films with big stars attached because they can afford it? For the ones tightening, they're going to have to balance what matters more, the star power or the amount of content. To start off VOD Premium, we go to Netflix as they have announced their Q2 earnings. In surprising news, they actually beat their expectations of losing 2 million subscribers over the quarter, and only lost 970,000. As of now, they have 220.6 million subs and are now expecting to gain 1 million over the third quarter. Besides that, they continue to work on their plans announced earlier in the year, the ad-supported tier, and how to get people sharing accounts to pay. For the ad-supported plan, they have reached a partnership with Microsoft who will help in both the tech and sales for the ads. As for when the plan will be released, while the company was hoping for a launch by the end of the year, they now expect the rollout to start in early 2023. There was also a small tidbit of info that some third-party content might not be available on the ad-supported tier. This is due to some studios saying that you know playing their content with ads is considered a second window in the content release schedule. Co-CEO Ted Sardanos acknowledged this and said the company was already in discussions with them on the issue. That was all we got on the tier. We have no idea what the exact day is, what the cost will be, how many streams you get, uh, if any content, which content will not be available, etc, etc. For getting people who share their plan to pay more, Netflix has narrowed it down to two options and will start testing them in Latin America by the end of the year. 
ideally picking one and then roll it out sometime in 2023. I was surprised they beat estimates in losing less than expected in subscribers, but the fourth season of Stranger Things was really that big, I guess. For the ad-supported tier, they better hope to work out the deals they need to have all the content available on day one. If people are going to be getting less content, they need to offer something in return to get the numbers up. Either lower the price or add an extra concurrent stream. The rollout of that tier is going to be really interesting. In surprising news, Amazon is finally updating their Prime Video UI. Gone is the ugly UI that looks way too old and hello to what looks like every other streaming UI. Yep, it's nothing original, but for Prime Video, that's actually okay, considering how bad the old one looked. As for when it rolls out, it is already rolling out to Fire TVs this week, and over the next few weeks it will roll out to Apple TVs, Roku, Android TV, and Smart TVs around the world. If you use iOS or a browser on your computer, you will be waiting longer, but no exact release date was given. Now that Prime Video is finally getting the UI update it needed, and most streaming services are similar, I hope one of them tries something new to freshen things up and provide a better user experience. Don't get me wrong, how most services look and run now is good, but there are certainly a few ways they can improve. On the Disney side, they are raising the price of ESPN Plus from $6.99 per month to $9.99 per month, with the change starting from next month. If you are on the annual plan for the service, it will go from $69.99 to $99.99 per month. If you have ESPN Plus via the bundle Disney offers, there is right now no price increase and will stay the same. As for why the change, Disney said, quote, the significantly increased scope, scale, and value of ESPN Plus as we continue to add significantly to both live sports and original programs and series, end quote. With 22.3 million ESPN Plus subscribers, clearly Disney is looking to raise a good amount of extra revenue. I do hope that they will use the extra cash to get more live sports onto the service. I know that they have been adding more, uh, depending on the sport, but until it feels like there is parity between it and the cable channels, it's always going to feel like it's an add-on to it and not its own thing. Next, I'm talking about Hulu again. So I think it was either the last episode or the one before it. I talked about how some analysts do not think it is a sure thing that come 2024, Disney buys out the rest of Hulu and moves it to Disney+. Plus. Well... The Wall Street Journal wrote an article this week based on a report from a firm called Antenna, where it says that in America, because that's the only place Hulu is, uh, but Hulu is now outpacing Disney Plus for new subscribers, and has been for the last 18 months. And thanks to its higher prices, as well as multiple tiers, you know, you had supported, you had free, live TV, Hulu per subscriber does bring in more money than Disney Plus. Though, too, to be fair... Disney Plus, it's still in its growth stage, and do not be surprised if over the next few years it goes up to $9.99 or more per month. So I wanted to bring this up because for Disney it does present them with an issue. I think it's clear Hulu is outpacing Disney Plus, uh, as it is the one for everyone with a wide variety of content. Whereas for Disney Plus, if you don't like Disney content, you ain't gonna sign up for it. Also, if Hulu continues to get more popular and worth more, then in 2024, if Disney wants to buy out Comcast's share of it, it might cost them more to do so. So for Disney, there are a lot of things to consider when determining Hulu's future. But as of now, from the looks of it, it has no issues of spending more money on content for it. Finally, we've got new films out on both VOD and streaming to watch. From Universal, Jurassic World Dominion and the Black Phone are now available to buy or rent at premium prices. For Jurassic World, this means either $30 to buy or $20 to rent. And for the Black Phone, it's $25 to buy and $20 to rent. 
for streaming The Gray Man is out on Netflix. I actually got the chance to watch it in a theater last week, and I thought it was a solid action film, and one of the better Netflix films uh, to come out. So, definitely if you're looking for an action movie to watch, take a look at The Gray Man. And that's it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Thank you everyone for listening, and I'll see you next time.